Hello, Top Fan Rivalry followers. It's Bill from Top Fan Rivalry. It's Thursday morning. We are almost through the week. We got a new guest, somebody that's been on a live before with us, but has not been on a podcast yet with us uh, before. So, Derek, welcome to the clubhouse. Welcome to the podcast and good Thursday morning to you. Yes, good morning. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here in a more official of a capacity this time. Yeah, absolutely. Last time was kind of the series recap and it was, hey, meet Derek. Oh, by the way, the Dodgers just took care of the Cubs. Oh, but meet Derek. <laughs> so, right. So we know Derek's a Cubs fan, but tell tell me, Derek, how that start? Where does that go back? And it can't be just proximity. Tell me where that goes to. Yeah, um, it really started in 1998 with the home run chase. Um, okay. You know, I'll, I'll, I was in seventh grade at the time when uh, that was all going on, and I was pretty fascinated and with what was going on with McGuire and especially with Sosa. And I was already kind of a Cubs fan based on my brother, my older brothers, and my dad, um, and living in the north northwest suburbs of Chicago. So to have that going on simultaneously and the Cubs trying to make this big push for the playoffs that they hadn't done since 1989, which, you know, I was really young when that happened. So it was kind of an exciting time to be involved and invested in what the Cubs were doing. And that's really what got me hooked. Yeah. That home run chase was so much fun and watching Sammy Sosa carry the American flag out, you know, run out to right field with an American, you know, a guy that's not from this country, you know, waving the American flag, does it get any better? Right. So that was I, I love that. Good call on the home run yeah. chase. Good call. Good call. Okay, so we know your Cubs fan. We know where it starts. Tell me favorite players, current favorite player, all-time favorite player. You got tons to choose from that are Cubs, but they don't have to be Cubs. So give it to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, as far as current favorite player, I think just from having had a chance to go down to Miami for the World Baseball Classic, uh -huh. um, I love the Cubs and uh, I love a lot of the players that are on the current team. But getting a chance to see um, like Mike Trout and Shohei Otani in person was kind of surreal. I'm sure there's people like yourself that live in Southern California and maybe you get over to Angel Stadium from time to time and it's not that big of a deal. But um, being from an interleague city, to see them on that international stage was really, really cool. Um, so I, I might throw it up there for either one of those two guys just because I think that they mean a lot for the game and the future of the game. Um, as far as favorite player of all time, I mean, that'd be that'd be really difficult to maybe put a finger on in a, in a really specific way. But if I just throw it back to maybe a, a Cubs of yesteryear kind of situation, just because I played when I did play baseball, it was more in the style of these kind of guys, but maybe like, a, um, I don't know if this is a good answer for favorite player of all time, but just thinking of Cubs that I can think of is maybe like a Juan Pierre or Kenny Lofton from those 08 and 03 teams guys that were just scrappy and that just wanted to win. And they were kind of role players that are the kind of guys you have to have on a championship team, even though those teams didn't go on to win championships. I always love that kind of grit and um, blue collarness of guys that play the game in that kind of a fashion. 
you know, I love Juan Pierre. I love those guys that are small ball, right? I mean, because you could always find the guy that can hit the ball out of the yard, right? A la Sammy Sosa, right? But I love these small ball guys, and I'll take it. I'll take it. Juan Pierre, I mean, that guy was dripping wet 109 pounds. Yeah. Um, if you added a little bit of weight in his shoes, he was maybe 110. Um, same thing, Juan Pierre, uh, you know, Kenny Lofton, all these guys, right? So they play yeah, I the mean, game, right? I'll, I like that. I'll even throw it out there, like, right, Derek's a Cubs fan. He hates St. Louis. But listen, like, even though I was vastly disappointed by the outcome of the 2012, 2011, excuse me, 2011 World Series, David Freeze is just one of those guys, right? Like that scrappy, he's going to fight till the end. You mm-hmm. you hate to play against him, love to have him on your team. Like I like those kind of guys. Um, and I think it's it's we've seen the game divulge a little bit away from like the true leadoff hitter, the true scrappy base stealer. Um, but guys that play the game that way, that play it right and they play it with emotion on their sleeve. I love to see that. So yeah, I I remember a buddy of mine was a catcher in triple a and he played against a guy named david Eckstein. you remember little david Eckstein? oh yeah played played for the angels cardinals so he he was telling me one time he goes bill when i caught against this guy i looked up at him from the when he was in the batter's box i'm like this guy is never going to make the mlb now my buddy (laughs) never made the mlb david Eckstein had a great career and that's the type of scrappy guy if you can put two or three of those type of guys on your team, you're going to win every time. I mean, yeah, I mean, usually most championship teams need one or two guys of that caliber um, that are just going to, you know, not be afraid to get dirty, to take the extra base, to force the defense to react to them and to make a play. And you see it on a playoff run um, or wins the whole thing. There's guys like that. And I, I I just love the guys that play the game like that. Yeah. I mean, it, we're seeing that now with the rule changes to bigger bases, pitch clock, things like that. You're forcing more offense, although the pitchers have gotten better. I mean, look at Shane McClanahan's got 10 wins this season. He could have 22 wins by the end of the season. If he doesn't get hurt and he has a decent, you know, the, the raise. But if you look at the teams that are really – making it happen and and sorry to mention a couple of these teams, but the Rays, the Pirates, right? The Diamondbacks, they're all playing well because they're playing small ball. They're not looking for the five run home run. They're getting people on and moving them over. Yeah. Which is Absolutely. the way to roll. Which is the way to roll. All right. Um <laughs> we can we can talk favorite players all day. Derek, I love talking to you, man. This is gonna be fun. I can't wait to get out to Chicago and and have a good time with you. Be Catch a couple of Nathans. Uh, I mean, not Nathans, a couple Portillos, and we're good. Right. So it, you can never go wrong with yeah. Portillos. <laughs> so, um, okay. So, ballparks, where have you been? Um, so, I'll, I'll preface this by saying that um, every ballpark that I've been to, aside from a couple of ballparks that are now closed, uh, which includes the old Metrodome and uh, old Bush Stadium, um, has not just been going to that ballpark. It's been going to that ballpark specifically to see the Cubs play. 
Okay. So that's been like my whole bucket list thing is I don't just want to go to all 30 ballparks. I want to go see the Cubs play at all 30 ballparks. So um, it'd probably be easier to tell you which stadiums we haven't been to yet. And okay. when I say we, I mean me and my wife, Jackie, who so graciously decided uh, that allowing the baseball schedule to dictate our vacationing schedule <laughs> was going to be something that was okay. <laughs> I love it. Um now that interleague has changed to you know you go to these cities every other year it yeah. does make it a, a lot when it was once every six years sometimes once every three years you really had to look at the schedule and kind of pinpoint okay these are the american league cities that we're going to make a really concerted effort to try to get to this year um but in terms of stadiums that we have not been to yet surprisingly being from the midwest we have not been to kaufman stadium in kansas city um i'm very much looking forward to getting down there next year the cubs will be down there um we have not been to the new globe life field in arlington we went Mm -hmm. to the final season at the old stadium uh cubs and rangers opening weekend in 2019 that was a lot of fun we have not been to uh, angel stadium in anaheim and i know the cubs were just there but uh, my wife and I, we have a five month old. So, and we were just in California like a month ago for a wedding up in uh, Mariposa. So going two trips to California in a month with a five month old just wasn't going to happen. Um, <laughs> and we have not been to the truck up yet. I see a lot of people maybe say that it's not the greatest ballpark. It's not the greatest experience blah 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 you know what it's major league baseball i don't care there's not been a ballpark that i've been to that i've been like this park sucks i never want to come here again we went to oakland coliseum when we were up in northern california for that uh wedding and i even thought that the coliseum was fun you know we ran into some really um passionate A's fans and got their perspective about the whole situation with the uh, with the move going on and we still enjoyed ourselves and that was the only stadium that we went to of the current stadiums that we didn't actually see the Cubs it was just an a- athletics Mariners game because we happened to be up there at the time um, and then that's it for the AL as far as what we haven't seen and then NL we have yet to go to Citizens Bank Ballpark in Philadelphia in fact I've never been to Philadelphia and I'm a huge history buff so when we do get a chance to go there, I'm looking forward to not only seeing the stadium, but also um, doing some of the touristy stuff and the history stuff. And we have not been to, uh, we've been outside of it. Like we stayed in Queens last time we were in New York, but uh, the Mets were out of town. So we didn't actually okay. get to go to a game. So just those six, as far as active stadiums go that we haven't been to yet. Okay. Um, so we're getting there. It sounds like it. It sounds like it. And and I'm glad that you enjoyed yourself at at uh, the Coliseum. My experience at the Coliseum was a Yankees A's game. I was there on business and years ago. Um, and, you know, having Dodger Stadium so close and having Anaheim Stadium. My office is on the same street that Anaheim Stadium's on. So, oh, no kidding. Yeah. So I literally I could park at my office, work the day and then walk. 1.3 miles and get to Anaheim Stadium. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fantastic. Now, do that for a day game or a twilight game. Don't do it at nighttime because, you know, walking back is going to get unique. 
And Uber and Lyft aren't the sharpest tools in the shed when they're trying to get out of that stadium. So whatever. Um, but that all being said, um, I'm glad that you enjoyed that one. I have been to the trop. Um, it's very unique. It's it's different than. So I'm going to go by the Astrodome in a week and a half when I'm in Atlanta, uh, when I'm in Houston. But it's very unique because it's white on white. So the background, if you look at the old Astrodome, it's got the black background with the lights. This is white on white. And yeah. so you'll watch outfielders lose the ball. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. And you feel very, I mean, I've been in domes before, but you feel very constricted. I mean, even uh, Rays fans will tell you, hey, this isn't, this isn't awesome. Um, so, you know, it um, much different than if you go to like a chase field where you don't feel like you're in a dome when the roof is closed. Right. Um, right. So it just, it, it's unique. Yeah, when I, you go there, I, I, think I can't wait to hear your perspective. Yeah, I think Tropicana is also very unique in the fact that not only is it a dome, but it was a dome that was built really without um, a tenant when it was built yeah. at the time. I think it was built in 88 or 89, somewhere around the same, near just the same time. They have a tenant. They were just trying to draw a team there. So it's kind of this weird building that was built to host somebody, but not with a specific purpose. I mean... If I recall, the Tampa Bay Lightning even started there, uh, or or played uh, a little bit of their tenure in that in that building as well. So, just kind of a weird, non-specific building that's been used as a sports venue. It's probably outdated. It probably isn't perfect for any specific sport, but it's there. And so, because it's there, I'm curious to check it out before they build a new one or move the team. Which I I sincerely hope they don't move the team, but. Um, We'll see so how they, it shakes out. The The residents that I've talked to, the Rays fans that I've talked to on this podcast are hoping to move the team because it's it, like Kauffman Stadium. So Kauffman Stadium, it, their last season is next season. So you got to get down there this next season because they're building a new stadium. Um, and Kauffman is out of town. Tampa, uh, the, the Trop is not in Tampa Bay. It's not even in Tampa Bay proper. Um, so you're 35 minutes or so outside of Tampa, if I can remember correctly. Um, and, you know, Rays fans are like, hey, we got plenty of land in Tampa. Let's build here. And so there's some talk about moving the team because of that. Um, but it's not an easy venue to get to. Uh, now, I haven't been there in 10 years, but it's not an easy venue to get to. And if you're thinking you're in Tampa Bay, you're not. I mean, it just is what it is. Yeah, it's not. I should have specified when I said move the team, I, I I meant I hope they don't move them to another city in terms of like a Nashville or a Portland or a Montreal or whatever any of these other, you know, projected cities might be. Um, I'm not opposed to a Nashville or, or a Portland getting a team. I just don't necessarily want to relocate an existing team outside of its, you know, market. I'm hoping I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm hoping that, um, Nashville doesn't get a team for the next 10 years because the way that the MLB works with expansion teams, who's from Nashville that I would care about? Are you talking about like a player or uh, a person? Mookie Betts. Oh. Who would want to probably finish out his career in his hometown? 
So Nashville can get a team. Let's just wait about 10 or 12 years. Okay. <laughs> let's let this guy finish his career as a Dodger and then we'll talk. <laughs> we'll go we'll go I see there. where that perspective's coming from. Okay, I get it. Yeah, I, listen, I'm going to be a homer here because we can't, right? <laughs> Who cares? That's All right. Fair. So here's a very unique question for you. Second to last question. You have the month of, I don't care, August off. You got some unlimited resources. You got a sitter for the kids. Um, you only got six ballparks to hit, but you can only hit three of them. Where are you going to go? Whether the Cubs are playing there or not, where are you going to go? Yeah, yeah. Um, if I had to pick out of those six, um, I'd say probably I'd put uh, Kansas City in there because we have some friends that we met out in Baltimore uh, last year that we um, we actually met them when we were seeing the Cubs play out there. And they're really, really cool people. And they own a brewery down uh, in Kansas. And so I want to go down to Kansas City, hang out with them, go check out a baseball game. I've heard great things about Coffins mm -hmm. Stadium. So it's a little bit of Midwest love. I want to knock off all of my Midwest stadiums. Um, and then uh, probably Philadelphia for some of those reasons that I said earlier about getting out, checking out a city I've never been to before, uh, the American history that goes along with it. That would all be a lot of fun. Um, and then for the last one, I guess I'd probably say um, I really want to see Angel Stadium. Um, I I know it's one of those stadiums from the 60s that maybe has a little bit more concrete in it, maybe is a little bit older, but it also has a lot of history. Um, and I haven't been down to Southern California since 2017 when we saw the Cubs play down there against the Dodgers and the Padres. And you know, Southern California is just a beautiful part of the country to be in and hang out in. So if I had to pick out of the six we have left, you know, I apologize to the cities that I left out, but those would probably be the three that I'd prioritize. Make a note for the cities that he left out. Make a note. Um, when <laughs> when we're done recording, stay on for a second. I'm going to tell you something about Philly this year, and maybe we can coordinate something. Sure. Um, okay, final question. We're 60-plus games into the season. Um. What do you think the Cubs need to do to be competitive going forward? Um, are we talking about win streaks? Are we talking about winning series? What are, what are we talking about here 63, 65 games into the season? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough question. I know a few weeks ago uh, when I was on the live, it was before the Cubs went out on that West Coast road trip that they just wrapped up at four and six. So not moving in the right direction if you're trying to get back in it. Um, I mean, it, unfortunately, I'd have to say what I'm looking forward to with this team for the rest of this year is going to be similar to the last couple of years. It looks like they're going to be sellers. It looks like they're not going to be competing for a division or a playoff spot. And it looks like we're going to be, I'm going to be interested in, okay, who are we selling and what are we getting for them? Um, and then it's going to be what guys do we have down in the minors that can come up and get a taste of the bigs and see what they got. I, yep. I wish there was a brighter outcome for that right now. And maybe they'll go on some kind of crazy. I think they have six games coming up against Pittsburgh, who leads the division. And if they go five and one in the worst division in baseball, maybe AL Central is trying to do that as well. Um <laughs> It, it maybe all of a sudden things turn around and it looks a lot different, but 
it's not looking great for them right now. Um, and so unfortunately, it looks like what Cubs fans have to look forward to is what are we going to get at the deadline for the future and what can these kids do to finish out the season? I like it. I like it. I like it. I I like that perspective because it's it's one that's honest, right? It's we're probably going to be sellers. We're probably going to, you know, let's see what the young kids can do. I've been honestly, if we look at this off season, um, Derek, I, you know, for me working in personal finance, most of my adult life, I will say that I don't think the MLB can consistently do what they've done this off season in every off season where you're throwing around hundreds of millions of dollars in contracts. They spent over a billion dollars in contracts just this off season. Um, there's a guy named Shohei Otani that you mentioned earlier. <laughs> there's a guy named Juan Soto, right. That are going to want contracts. Besides for that, I don't think that the MLB can consistently do this unless you want to pay 50 bucks to sit up in the nosebleeds and for a hot dog, peanuts and a soda, pay another 65 which is going to price families out of the market, right? And so I just don't think, so I like your perspective of it because I really think we need to get to the point where we need to let the kids play. And, you know, to use to use a, a Wrigley a, a, a Cubs thing here, don't give contracts to guys like Cody Bellinger for $18 million. You know, you got to give contracts to to guys that Dansby Swanson, fine. He's in the lineup every day. Cody's been on the IL. And it sounds like they're, he might not be coming back until after the All-Star break. So that's that's been a rough one for you guys. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, being a Cubs fan, um, you hit kind of hit the nail on the head it's one of the most expensive experiences in all of uh major league baseball i think it's right up there with you know boston and new york and um the problem is that the cubs haven't fielded a very competitive team for several seasons now they're still and when i say they i'm referring to like ownership and front office and all that kind of stuff uh kind of milking this this championship, which all of a sudden you look back and you're like, Oh my goodness, that was seven years ago. Like <laughs> that was not recently. Um, it, it feels recently compared to 108 years, but um, you know, it was, it's not like that happened yesterday. So it's, it's frustrating. And I'm actually kind of thankful living in, in the Northern suburbs of, uh, of Chicago that we're pretty uh, close to Milwaukee and, I get, I'm on their email list. I get all of their uh, promotions and they actually make it an affordable family experience for people to get up there and go to games. They're always doing amazing things to draw fans up there. And so I've been to as many Milwaukee Brewers games this year as I've been to Cubs games, just for that reason, that it's so much more affordable and reasonable. Um, uh, it'd be different if the Cubs were in first place and kicking the crap out of everybody, but that's not the case. And you still have one of the most expensive experiences in all of major league baseball. It's just something about that doesn't quite align and feel right. And that's why sometimes we go to Milwaukee or we go to Beloit and we watch the sky carp and we watch, you know, single a baseball, or we go to watch college summer league, uh, Rockford rivets and Kenosha Kingfish in the, in the Northwest and uh, uh, the Northwoods league. Like there's other options if you want to explore baseball at a more reasonable cost level. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard when you're when you're trying to I mean, right now you have a five month old, but fast forward five years from now, 
if the costs continue to go up, you and your wife and your your kid can't afford to go to a game because it's a destination. It's an experience now, right? Because if costs keep going up, you're sitting, you know, up someplace where you can say your prayers and be heard because you're close enough. <laughs> and just to get in is 250 bucks. And then when you add in the peanuts and the hot dogs and the sodas and the beers or whatever, next thing you know, it's a $500 experience and you're only doing it one time a season. So, yeah, because yeah, you're not I mean, going to for... spend... 1500 bucks a season for memorial day we made the conscious decision like we're not going to go watch the cubs play at wrigley field we went and saw the schomburg boomers play they're a, a partner they're in a partner league the american association and um they had like wristbands for 60 bucks all you can eat and drink and your ticket included that included alcohol I mean, it was awesome. There's so many great experiences out there for minor league baseball and if there's any baseball fans out there listening that you know, want to know if there's alternatives. I know there's a lot of great, great minor league baseball in Southern California as well. Um, those options are out there. You just got to go seek them out. And it's really more of a family friendly environment when you start talking about those minor league experiences. Um, if you want to introduce your kids or just have a way to go enjoy baseball that isn't going to cost you an arm and a leg. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it because it's, I mean, Major League Baseball isn't going to be able to sustain this with the economy the way that it is right now. Families are have to make a choice. Do I go to two baseball games if it's going to cost me 500 bucks as a family? Do I go yeah. to two baseball games a season or do I go to one baseball game and then just plan a family vacation someplace else for that 500 bucks? Or, you know, $500 in Southern California gets you a half a tank of gas. So, I mean, <laughs> you know. Uh, we're creeping up on six dollars for the premium gas per gallon yeah eh, i don't know <laughs> so, anyways derek you have been such a gracious guest this thursday morning thank you for your time we'll post this we'll also make sure that um you're tagged on your instagram um but we got to get you back in there's gonna more baseball that we can talk about can we get you back in around the all-star break Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm always down to talk baseball. I'm always watching baseball. Um, so anytime. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Top fan rivalry followers. This is Derek. He's a Cubs fan. Um, we'll tag him. Make sure you're following him. Uh, again, good dad, good baseball content. And that's what it's all about. So, Derek, again, thanks for the Thursday morning chat. And we will talk to you very, very soon. Stick around for a second. Have all a good right. one.